Exciting news at This Week Health. Starting May 16th, our keynote show is moving to Thursdays. Catch every episode weekly on our This Week Health conference channel. Don't miss conversations with top health system leaders designed to transform healthcare one connection at a time. Subscribe to This Week Health conference and stay updated every Thursday. Today in Health IT, Understanding Hospital Pricing. My name is Bill Russell. I'm a former CIO for a 16 hospital system and creator of This Week Health, a set of channels dedicated to keeping health IT staff current and engaged. We want to thank our show sponsors who are investing in developing the next generation of health leaders, SureTest and Artisite. Check them out at thisweekhealth.com slash today. Having a child with cancer is one of the most painful and difficult situations a family can face. In 2023, to celebrate five years at This Week Health, we are working to give back. We are partnering with Alex's Lemonade Stand all year long. We have a goal to raise $50,000 from our community, and we are already up over $40,000 for the year. We ask you to join us. Hit our website in the top right-hand corner. You're going to see a logo for the Lemonade Stand. Click on that to give today. We believe in the generosity of our community, and we thank you in advance. Now, I know I promised not to talk about economics and to focus on technology, but I saw this article and I, I learned so much from it that I thought this is an important topic to continue to dive into. And it is the top 10 hidden facts about hospital prices. And this is somebody I had on the show a little while back. It's uh, Dr. Eric Bricker, who has, has been, he was a trained, let's see, graduated with honors from University of Illinois College of Medicine completed his residency at Johns Hopkins in Baltimore, former co-founder, chief medical officer at Compass Professional Health Services. And you've probably seen him do some shows on social media, A to Z, A to Z Healthcare, I think is what it's called. And he talks a lot about these kinds of topics. And I like this article, it's in Med City News, and it captures an awful lot of things about hospital pricing. And when I came into healthcare, I didn't understand any of these. And I learned them a, a little bit over time uh, a little bit at, in pieces over time as I was the CIO. And each one was important to really understanding how the business of healthcare functioned. And that was important to understanding how and why we invest the way we do in technology. So let me just give you these 10. And they're, they're again, they're, I think they're really good. I, I learned a ton from it. Number one, hospital cross-subsidization. Hospitals are paid much less by Medicare and Medicaid from the government than by commercial insurance companies. I think we all know that. Hospitals cannot raise prices to the government, but they can to insurance companies. Therefore, hospitals constantly raise prices to health insurance companies to cross-subsidize, that is, make up for the lower prices that they are paid by Medicare and Medicaid. We used to talk about this a fair amount. We had this concept of make a bunch of money on commercial insurance, break even on Medicare, and lose as little money as possible on Medicaid because we lost money on Medicaid. And the thought was at some point we need to drive the cost of delivery down far enough so that we actually make money on Medicare. And that was one of the goals in hospital cross-subsidization talks about that, that idea that you lose money on Medicaid. If you're lucky, you break even on Medicare. Although a lot of hospitals, most hospitals do not and then you make all of your money on commercial insurance. So as I'm saying some of these things, some things that are going on at your health system are gonna crystallize, you're gonna go, oh, that's why that happens. All right, let me keep going. Number two, hospital accounting. The vast majority of hospitals in America do not know what it costs them to deliver each particular medical service. 
gallbladder surgery, a single MRI of the brain, heart catheterization. A hospital does not know what each of these costs. The reason is because most hospitals in America do not perform activity-based accounting. And we talked a bunch about this with uh, Rob Dimache, former CFO for UPMC. Hospitals do not know how much everything costs. And it says the majority of the cost of the hospital are labor. Therefore, in order to measure the cost of service, the amount of time each doctor, nurse, or technician spends on care must be measured. Most hospitals do not measure that time spent on each activity and accordingly do not know what each of these services cost. However, I will say when Rob and I talked about this, we really, the, the, the thing we identified was those systems that do understand what their costs are will have a significant competitive advantage. And so he was highly encouraging people in health systems to understand their costs of delivering care. And it gives you a whole host of new information to determine which areas of care are profitable and not profitable, which service lines are profitable, not profitable, which buildings are profitable, not profitable, which communities are profitable, not profitable. And it can help you to make decisions on how to approach it. Every other business in the world functions this way. What's profitable, what's not profitable? You might say, well, hospitals shouldn't run like a business. Well, hospitals do run like a business because no money, no mission. And it's talked about all the time that there has to be a profit center. And we're seeing that more and more as more and more health systems struggle. Number three, complex patient care financial impact. Highly complex patient care, such as intensive care unit, complex surgeries like coronary artery bypass grafts, make up a majority of the hospital's own costs. However, these costs are generated by a relatively small percentage of the hospital's patients. Approximately 80% of the hospital's costs are generated caring for 20% of the patients. This fact exists in many organizations that is referred to as the Pareto Principle. It's uh, By the way, the Pareto Principle is just a common concept, 80-20. 80% of your costs come from 20% of your uh, patients, but the same thing's true in most businesses. We talk about it in other industries as well, that 80% of your profit comes from 20% of your clients, and so forth and so on. So the Pareto Principle is uh, pretty common in, in business, but he's saying that is that is a, 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 a significant portion of your cost in healthcare is only generated by 20% of the patients that you care for. Number four, hospital billing. A hospital never expects to be paid in full for the initial bill. Rather, the price on the initial bill that is sent to the insurance company is discounted based on the prior negotiation between the hospital and each health insurance company. The amount the health insurance company pays the hospital is called the allowed amount. The allowed amount can be as much as 90% less than the billed charges. Isn't that amazing? For example, a hospital may bill the health insurance company $250 for a basic blood test and it only be paid $25. Over time, hospital, overtime, hospitals have continued to increase the bill in order to increase the paid amount. This process is why hospital bills for a short emergency room visit can be $8,000 or more. The hospital never expects to be paid $8,000. They just keep raising the bill in hopes of being paid more by the insurance company. All right, number five, hospital prices. Hospitals might charge $5 for an aspirin that costs less than a penny or $30,000 for a knee implant that costs $300 to make. The internal secret list or what the hospital charges for each item is called the charge master. <clears throat> the prices on the charge master are set using a process called strategic rate setting. 
or strategic pricing. Strategic pricing looks at how much of a discount the hospital has agreed to give the insurance company and then overcharges for each item in order to negate the decreased reimbursement of the discount. It's the equivalent of marking the price up 100% so that the hospital can offer at a 50% discount. You get that? So it's a negotiated rate before the year starts. There's a certain price. And then what they do is say, all right, that's all they're going to pay. Therefore, we have to charge this amount. They will discount it to this and get to uh, what we want to make for those services. That's what the Charge Master is all about. And that's what st strategic pricing is all about. Number six, hospital insurance networks. When a hospital agrees to give an insurance company a discount, the insurance company in return includes the hospital in their network. However, there are additional strings attached. The hospital might require the insurance company to never let its members know that the discounted hospital prices are in advance. The hospital might also require the insurance company to include all the doctors that practice at the hospital in the network as well, even if the insurance company would want to exclude some outlier doctors that have poor quality metrics. That is an absolute true statement. There are, you know, the the physicians do not allow the lower performing physicians to be uh, cut out of the network because that would essentially put them out of business. And so they act as a group and you either do business with the group or you don't do business with the group. So there's a chance you're going to a really prestigious and well thought of group, but you're seeing somebody with poor quality metrics because they are a part of that group, it just happens. And so it's important to do the research on that. Number seven, patient referrals. Referring patients from one doctor to another is one of the main ways a hospital grows their patient volume. Accordingly, hospitals monitor doctor referrals closely and may put rules on doctors that they employ regarding their referrals. For example, a hospital might require a primary care physician they employ to only refer to specialists that practice at the same hospital. This absolutely is uh, part of the process and it's uh, what leads to a concept called leakage. And you wanna make sure that your referrals happen within your network and within your hospital system. That is how you grow your volumes. Number eight, future sources of hospital revenue. More and more hospitals revenue come from outpatient tests and procedures. Outpatient means the patient has a test and the procedure then goes home the same day. The problem is that the hospitals charge much more for outpatient procedures compared to an independent doctor's office. For example, an ultrasound of a heart is called an Echocardiogram, an echocardiogram performed at a hospital might cost $600, whereas the same echocardiogram performed at the doctor's office might only cost $250. In fact, some hospitals are even buying doctor's practices and then saying the doctor's office is part of the hospital. That's absolutely happening as well. We've seen that. Number nine, certificate of needs law explained. In dozens of states, hospital systems must obtain approval from the state government in order to build a new hospital. That approve that approval is called the certificate of need. The problem is that if a town only has one hospital, then it has a local monopoly and can charge very high prices. If a competing hospital wanted to open in the same town, it might be denied permission by the state government because existing hospitals lobby to prevent competition. And there's every hospital system in the country has lobbyists in the state and in the at the federal level. Number 10, hospital chair, I should say most, almost every integrated delivery network has uh, lobbyists. If not, they are part of groups that are lobbying as well. Number 10, hospital charity care. Most hospitals in America are not-for-profit. This means that they do not pay any taxes, taxes, specifically no property tax. In exchange for this, 
tax-free status, not-for-profit hospitals are required to provide some care for free or at a discounted price to the poor. The problem is many hospitals make their charity care application process hidden and very complicated. This strategy allows the hospital to reap the reward of not paying taxes while not keeping up their end of the bargain. Clearly a little cynicism in that last statement, but but yeah, I would challenge you to, to do research on, uh, on hospital charity care, see what that charity care is, where that's coming from. It is kind of uh, opaque to say the least. So there you have it. Top 10 list about hospital pricing and how it works. You have hospital cross subsidization, hospital accounting, not knowing what it costs for each individual procedure, complex patient care, financial impact. That's the 80-20 rule. Hospital billing, that is inflating the price in order to get the price that you want. Let's see. I, maybe I got that one wrong. Let's see. Hospital never expects to be paid in full. They're allowed amount. Yes, they increase it. Hospital prices uh, might charge $5 for an aspirin. It costs less than a penny or 30000 Then you have strategic uh, pricing. Hospital insurance networks. When there's agreements that go on between the hospital and the insurance to keep patients there. Patient referrals, an important part of the process and something that hospitals watch very closely. Future source of hospital revenue, more and more hospitals. Revenue comes from outpatient tests and procedures that can be done a lot cheaper in the doctor's office and some hospitals are buying those doctor's offices. Certificate of needs law, meaning that uh, a monopoly may continue because of lobbying and hospital charity care is opaque. You know, it's, it's interesting to talk about the economics of healthcare. I think it's important to really understand because a lot of people sit there and go, I don't understand. Why aren't we investing more in the clinician experience? Why are we investing more in this? Why are you investing over here and not over here? A lot of times I will tell people, follow the money. When you follow the money, you will understand why things are happening. And in the case of hospital and healthcare, you can follow the money. And in a lot of cases, it will explain the behavior of the health system. All right, that's all for today. If you know of someone that might benefit from our channel, please forward them a note. They can subscribe on our website, thisweekhealth.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, Google, Overcast, Spotify, Stitcher, and a whole bunch of others. We want to thank our channel sponsors who are investing in our mission to develop the next generation of health leaders, SureTest and Artisite. Check them out at thisweekhealth.com slash today. Thanks for listening. That's all for now.